Welcome to the Journey Podcast with Kaya Ward Shears. This is your go-to destination for women's empowerment and inspiration. In today's podcast, we're diving into the heart of our empowering Bible study series. So grab your favorite journal, find a cozy corner, and let's embark on a journey of faith. We are kicking off a series titled Radiance. We are kicking off a series titled Radiance. This is a six-week series titled Radiance. When you think of something like Radiance, you think of something uh, sending out light. You think of something that is shining brightly. And here is what we learned through the word that it is in our encounter with God that we too radiate. Maybe that doesn't mean a lot to you, but I believe if I'm talking to someone here tonight who's ever been in a season or a position where you just felt dull, have you ever felt like your relationship with God got dull? Like this is a safe space. Like, have you ever felt like you got in a space where like, God, I'm not hearing you the way I used to hear you. I don't feel on fire for you the way I used to feel on fire for you. God, my relationship with you just kind of feels hindered. Like it's there. I'm still going to church. I'm still going through the motions, but I just feel like my relationship with you was in a dull space. You ever been there before? Maybe it was the grief that made your relationship dull. Maybe it was a separation or divorce or just living with the marital issues that made you dull. Maybe it was something that you prayed for and you watched someone else who you felt was underqualified beat you to it. Or maybe you're in a space where you can even think of the fact that uh, raising your kids dulled your, dulled your relationship. Maybe it was a business that failed that dulled your relationship. Maybe you're just in a waiting season. You're like, God, I was there the first day I asked for it. I was faithful the first week. I fasted the third month, but now that uh, six months have passed and 12 months have passed and five years have passed, my belief in you doing that thing has dulled. God, I believed that you were going to heal my body, but but I, I went to the doctor and it seems like my numbers are going up and down and they're worse than they were before. If you're not careful, that will dull your relationship with Christ, won't it? Am I the only one? It'll dull your relationship with Christ. And so with this in mind, this series that we are going through over the next six weeks, this series is for any woman who has ever been in a place, whether you are there now, whether you've been there before, is in a place of feeling dull. Can we use just layman terms? Have you ever just felt bored in your relationship with Christ? And so with this in mind, this is exactly what this series is about. And each week, uh, while we are under the umbrella of radiance, each week there will be a different topic. And so the topic for tonight is transparency. The topic for tonight is transparency. And I'll be coming from Mark chapter nine, Mark chapter nine, verses two through nine, Mark chapter nine, verses two through nine. Mark chapter nine, verses two through nine. And it reads, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. 
And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, is it good for us to be here? Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son who I love. Listen to him. Suddenly they looked around and they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they'd seen until the son of man had risen from the dead. Again, that is Mark 9, 2 through 9. In this Bible study, we're going to take this uh, step by step. So if you look at verse two, and it says that after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with them and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. I want to pause right here. You see the cool thing about Bible study is we get to slow walk through uh, a couple areas of this text that we don't have to speed through. We pause and we ask ourselves these questions. And so with this in mind in verse two, when it tells us that Jesus had taken Peter, James, and John, led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. This is such an interesting space because the truth of the matter is so many of us think that if God is taking us higher, it means we're supposed to be more popular. We think if God is taking us higher, truly, God, I'm going to have more friends. Some of us are excited about the next season of our lives because we say, God, that's where I'm going to find my group of believers. That's where I'm going to be surrounded by the people who aren't jealous of me. That's where I'm going to be surrounded by those people patting on my back and who understand me. I'm going to be with like-hearted people. But has God ever elevated you in a situation and when you looked around, there was nobody around you? Have you ever been in a place where you were so excited you got the job that you prayed for and you were like, thank you, God, only to get there and feel so alone? Have you ever been in a space where you joined, maybe even it was a church of some sort, and you, you joined it and you were excited because the first Sunday was so hype, but then after that, you started feeling real alone in those ministry meetings? Have you ever been in a place where you find yourself even at family functions or here it is? Have you ever been around people and you used to be around them drinking the same thing they drunk, making the same inappropriate jokes they made, hanging out in the same clubs they hang out in? But all of a sudden now when you hang around, you ain't got nothing to say. You're just like, hey, girl. Or that person who you used to be so infatuated with, oh, you were writing your first name with their last name, honey. Now you're like, oh, there they go calling again. Have you ever been in a place where God took you higher, but you felt like you were all alone? Anybody navigating that right now in life? You're in a place and you know that you are where God's leading you to be, but it just feels lonely. You don't have nobody to talk about the vision with. God's giving you these dreams. You don't feel like you can call you. You call to talk to your family and your people. And they're like, God didn't do that. That was a spaghetti you ate last night. God's taking you higher, but you're like, God, who can I talk to about this? God, who, who, who can relate to me in this? I'm, I'm trying to do this and I'm, I'm trying to stay with my spouse. But when I call people, I say, just leave him, girl. You ain't trying to break up your family. Who can you call to relate to? Why do you all think it is? And this is a real question 
One I want you to take in your notes. Feel free to put it in the chat as well. Why do you think it is that as God takes us higher, there are times where it seems like we are still all alone? Go ahead and write your answer to that in the chat. Just take about 60, 30, 60 seconds. Why is it that as God takes us higher, we still feel so alone? Come on, Pastor Latanya, you said it. That's it. Everyone can't go with us. Well, who else? He wants us to depend solely on him. Yes, Danielle, who else? Sometimes he needs to separate us, to elevate us. Yes, Mariel, that's it. Write your answer in the chat. Yeah, they're coming in. There it is. He's drawing us closer to his purpose, Amy. Yes. He wants us to trust him, Pearl. Uh-huh. Cece, yes, because we care. Not giving him praise and honor for getting us higher. Yes. Tanya, yes. Everybody wasn't meant to go. Ruby, he's separating us, right? First Lady Kimberly said, create an opportunity for God to truly work on us and in us. That's it. Yes, yes. Season of learning. Yes, Nikki, that's it. Uh, Car wants to have the ability to see it. Yes. There's someone listening to us right now watching this, and you've been trying to find language for your loneliness. Sis, the answer's right there in the chat. Somebody say it's in the chat. It's in the chat. He wants us to cling to him. Yes, all of this is true. The truth of the matter is if God let everybody like Pookie and him, let everybody go with us, you know what we would do, right? We'd be like, well, you know they helped us up. Uh, well, you know I couldn't have done it without my friend. You know he really pushed me there. We would give glory and honor to everyone but God. But God said, you're in this season and I know it's uncomfortable and I know you feel lonely and alone and you feel like you are the only one making these strides. Even people you're trying to help, you feel like you're helping them more than they're helping themselves. And God said, you are in the space of me and you. He said, I needed to get you in a space where you'd focus on me. Focus on me more than the relationship. Focus on me more than the job. Focus on me more than other people's opinions. Focus on me more than what they used to say about you. God is looking for daughters in this season who will focus solely on him. He's looking for daughters who will focus on him so much where he's like, whoo, I can't put that as a Facebook status. It's, it's too intimate between me and God. Ooh, ooh, I, ooh, I would call somebody that this was so special between me and God. My husband, I, if you know me, I love me some Pastor Joy. She is the third, amen. And so with this in mind, he said such kind things to me. And there are a lot of things he says to me on the mic or in person or around people. But if I told you the things he said to me behind closed doors, I can't tell you those things. Why? Because it's intimate conversation. And that's how it ought to be with God. There's some things that ought to stay between you and God. That's why you can't tell everybody the vision. You can't tell everybody everybody the vision. You can't tell everybody the business plan. You can't tell everybody what your next step is. Every now and again, sis, you ought to just show up with the change that happened. I didn't know you were trying to lose weight. I was praying for discipline. I didn't know God was busting with a new car. Oh, I've been working on my stewardship. I didn't know you. There ought to be someone who says, I didn't know what God was doing in you. 
And so often we are looking for the affirmation so much from other people. We want other people to tell us we're doing right. We want other people to tell us we're in the right direction. But God said, do you know my voice well enough to believe when it just comes from me? Like if don't nobody call you with the prophecy, will you still believe me? Like if nobody affirms the vision, will you still believe what it is that I told you? And so as it is, there are times and seasons where God is going to bring you all by yourself. But sis, that's not the time to dull your relationship with God. God hasn't turned his back on you. Quite the contrary. God said, it's me and you in this season, baby girl. He said, it's me and you turn your attention to me. And so in verse three, verse two, it says he was transfigured before them. Verse three, his clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. We have to keep in mind what is transfiguration. It is the promise of this kind of life beyond what is apparent to earthly eyes most of the time. In other words, this transfiguration was this representation that there is more than meets the eye. As we read this text, it's so easy to say, oh, that was so nice of God to do that for, for those men. Oh, it was so nice for, for God to, to, to use Jesus to take Peter, James, and John. That was kind of cool. Sis, if that's all you see, you're missing it. This text is a demonstration to you. God is literally speaking to you through this text saying, daughter, there is more than meets the eye. I know what your bank account looks like. I know what they're saying to you. I know what they're saying about you. I know they're not getting jobs you're overqualified for. He said, I know you feel like every, you're single. You feel like every man is passing you by. You feel like your kids are not respecting you the way you think they should respect you. You feel so unequally yoked in this season. God said, but there's more than meets the eye. Anybody believe that every time I read about the transfiguration, the shifting, I get excited because there was more that met the eye in this text. And if there was more than met the eye in this text, that means there's more than meets the eye in my situation. So yes, I know what it looks like. Yes, I know what it feels like, but there is more than meets the eye. You ought to be in a posture where people look at you saying, how are you still smiling? Your car just got repoed. How are you still smiling? I thought you buried your loved one the other day. How are you still smiling? Nobody clapped for you when you gave your little speech. How are you still smiling? Because there's more than meets the eye. I know it looks like I should give up. I know it looks like I should give in. I know it looks like I'm on the final page of my story, but baby, there's another book. Y'all ever heard of a sequel? Right, you know, the book ending, you're like, oh, is it going to end like this? But then you heard there's a part two. I believe in this season, there's somebody who's going to the part two. They counted you out. They said you weren't going to be nothing. They said you couldn't do it. Oh, because you had the baby before marriage. Oh, because you lost the job. Oh, because your family don't like you. Sis, there is more than meets the eye. That's why you can hold your head up. That's why you can keep smiling. That's why you can keep showing up to church despite what they know about you. That's why you embody peace. Why? Because there's more than meets the eye. You don't know what God's putting up here in my mind. You don't know what he's implanted in my soul. You don't 
the vision he's given me for the next season. So no, I'm not smiling for my current season. I'm smiling for what's ahead of me. Why? Because there's more than meets the eye. Does anybody believe that? Somebody ought to speak that over this season of their life. There's more than meets the eye. I know you think my kid just acting up all the time. There's more than meets the eye. I know I had a hole in my clothes the other day. I couldn't afford to get clothes like you, but there's more than meets the eye. Maybe you're in ministry and you're like, I ain't taught or preaching or what. That's okay, baby. There's more than meets the eye. Maybe you're saying I'm a first lady and I feel so low. Sis, don't worry. There's more than meets the eye. There's more than meets the eye. And so here it is in this text. One of the things to keep in mind when we think about radiance and we think about this transfiguration, the really the best known like earlier example of anything remotely similar. Uh, if you write down, I'm not going there, but just write down for your own Bible study, um, Exodus 34, 2, Exodus 34, 2, and then verses 29 through 35. Someone drop that in the chat. Exodus 34, 2, and then verses 29 through 35. Um, that would be during the time um, being in the presence of God that Moses, um, after being in conversation with God about the future of his life, God's of God's people, he literally descends from the mountain. So reflecting the light of God's glory that he had to cover his face so that he didn't frighten the people. Did y'all catch that? He had been in God's face and his radiance was so bright that he literally had to cover his face so he didn't scare people. And could it be that in this season, you know that God has radiance in you. You know he's doing something. You literally feel it bubbling up in you and it's making you so un comfortable that could it be that in this season, God simply wants you to know that, that after you spend time with him, that's that's what happens, you radiate. And could it be, sis, that you're in a place whereby you're saying, well, I feel dull and I don't feel close to God. Could it be because you haven't been in his presence? And I hear you, you're saying, no, Kaya, I keep going to church. I've, I've been going to church, no, sis, but, but have you been in his presence? Because you can go to church and still miss his presence. Am I talking to anybody? You ever been to church and your mind was on everything else and you let, you don't even know what the preacher preached about? People said, how was your, you're like, it was good. They said, what did he preach about? You're like, yep. Let me look back at the live, right? <laughs> We've been there before. But God said, I need you to get in my presence. And if you want to be in my presence, it's, it's not just showing up Sunday. Yes, please be a part of a Bible teaching and preaching ministry. In addition to that, though, God said, I need an intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. So yes, I'm going to set you apart. But what good is it for God to set you apart if you're still not willing to spend time with him? That's somebody's story right now. You are so lonely. You know God set you apart. And you're over here like, I ain't got nothing to say. I just don't know what he's doing. Because you don't know what he's doing is the very reason you go to him. That's why we go into his presence. We go into his presence for singing. We go into his presence with praise. But you can also go into God's presence with some questions. You can go into his presence and just rest. 
You can go into his presence and say, Lord, just, just speak to me. Just, just breathe on me. And the truth of the matter is some of us, can we be real in this safe space, are not getting into God's presence because we are too busy to slow down. God, I'm going to get into your presence after this. God, God, I'm on the last episode of Grey's Anatomy. If you can, just let me get through this tomorrow. God, God I, I was praying and I fell asleep, but let's try again tomorrow. God, we're going to, like, you keep giving God a schedule. And God said, this season could be so much quicker. We could get through this so much quicker if you just spent time with me. And if you think about it, sis, when you think about the creator of the universe, this God who loves you so much, this God who has plans for you and provisions for you, this God who has plans for your kids, this God who has his hand on your life, sis, tell me why would we beg him to hang out with us? How is it we beg God to spend time with us? Just, just think about it. Why would you ever want to be in a relationship with someone who didn't want to be in a relationship with you? You ever had, maybe it was when you were dating or maybe you had a group of friends where one day you just fell out with them and you text and didn't nobody in the group chat text you back? You're like, hey y'all, what time we meeting? Crickets, but then you saw the Facebook pictures later, you're like, they left me out. That would feel so uncomfortable, but that is exactly what we're doing with God. We are leaving him out saying, well, God, I'll talk to you after work. He said, I want to talk to you at work and on the way to work. God, I'll talk to you uh after I what? No, God said every now and again, you got to cut the TV off. You got to block that phone call. I can't tell y'all how many times I've literally been on the phone and been like, whoo, I got to go real quick. Me and Jesus need to talk. Like, like, how is it we're making time for everyone but God? He has given you every sign and signal that he wants to spend time with you, but yet you're putting everyone and everything else in front of him. Since if you want to get your radiance back, you have to spend time with God. And so in the chat, meeting here in the chat, I go back from teaching to, to meeting in the chat. So meeting in the chat, personally, how do you spend time with God? Because maybe there's someone on here that's like, hi, I hear you saying spend time with God, but I need some ideas, right? Like anybody not too churchy to say that every now and again, like you just, you don't know what else you can do with God, right? Like, like how do you spend time with God? Drop it in the chat. How do you personally, how do you spend time with God? When you think of spending time with God, like, how do you do it? How do you do it? Someone said alone time, good. What else? What does that look like for you? Someone said listening to worship music. Someone says on the way to work. Yes. Someone said they turn everything off and they just sit. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Someone said worship on the way from work. Um, someone said they just get quiet. Good. Someone else said um, it's going so fast. Yes. Come on now. Uh, someone says they meditate every morning. That's me. Before my feet hit that floor, I'm me and Jesus got to talk. Uh, someone says in prayer. Someone says sitting in the driveway. Come on. I know that's right. Someone says they're quiet. Someone says they read. Someone says while praying music, crying. I know that's right, Anna. Uh, someone says they drive to work just with no radio. Someone said they meditate on his word. Yes, that's good. Someone said they listen, listening uh, to different lessons in the morning. Good. Uh, someone said they get up even an hour early. Good. Someone writes in their journal. I love that, Miss J. Uh, someone said they pray throughout the day. Someone said as they walk, they go on walks. Uh, someone said they just sit on the couch, have a conversation. Someone else said they listen to preaching tapes. Yes, if you are someone who's saying, I've been trying to find new ways to be in relationship with God, if that is you, sis, 
Check out this chat right here and identify what are some new ways. Yes, I am with you. The person whose name is Wingtech, I'm with you. I too uh, write down my prayers. I write down my prayers, yes. And so with this in mind, ladies, all these things are so accurate in ways that we can spend time with God. And I challenge you to identify new ways you can spend with God, not because God gets tired of you, but because in our humanness, we will get dull and tired of spending time with God. We will dread our time with him. You ever dreaded your time with somebody? Right? And God's like, no, 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 no. I never meant for you to lose the excitement for me. I never meant for you to lose the joy for me. I never meant for you to lose our, our time together. And so every now in our humanness, we got to do things different. So I can't just lay in bed and pray every day. There are time, I got to get on my knees sometimes. I, sometimes I got to pray and walk. Sometimes I got to write it down. Every now and again, I got to switch it up. If I find myself getting lackluster in my relationship with God, maybe I pray quiet sometimes. Other times I got to talk out loud. Uh, anybody in my house will tell you, I will just burst out in song, honey. I don't mean I can sing, but I will burst out in song, all right? And so especially the hymns, but that's another conversation, Eunice. My point is, uh, there are times whereby my worship looks different. My time with God simply looks different. Sis, change it up. You feel like your relationship with him is dull? Change it up. Love it, Pamela. She writes her prayers in a jar. Yes. Verse four, mind you, we're, we're here with Peter, James, and John. And, and all of a sudden, there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Wait, what? This, this big transfiguration is happening and now people who uh, had gone before them are all of a sudden showing up. And verse five, Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, is it good for us to be here? Let us put up three shelters, or it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Y'all in this private text, I can't even blame them. And I remember right here, I'll never forget looking up and doing research on this text as I too might've been like uh, Peter here, like, oh, let me get a tent. Let me figure out how to do this. And there was one theologian who posited that it couldn't happen like that. I said, God, why was it? If you look at the next verse, uh, if you look at the verse, he wasn't allowed to do it. And, and the thing I didn't understand, how is it that Peter was trying to honor them with the, the tents? He was trying to honor them and make the sacred space. Why was he not allowed to do it? And there was a theologian who then suggested the reason was because Peter was saying, our job is done. We just going to post up right here. Forget them people. You ever been in a place of leadership on your job? maybe in the different positions you have in the community where the people just got on your nerves so much, you said, forget these people. You ever been there? And so right here in the text by Peter saying this, he was literally saying, you know what? We gonna hang out here with y'all. They can figure it out on their own, but, but we gonna post these tent. We will honor you. We will bless you. We will praise you. Just, just right here where we are. And at first glance, I was like, God, that, that kind of seemed like a good idea. Like he was trying to worship you. He wasn't trying to like go off and do something. The reason he couldn't do it, and I say it every week for three years and I love it, was because there were still souls connected to him. Have you ever been through a season and it's like as soon as things are peaceful, like life turns upside down and you're like, God, why couldn't I stay in that peaceful place longer? 
You haven't been in a place where things were smooth and happy and all of a sudden there's like this major attack on you or your family or your ministry. You're like, God, why couldn't I stay in that peaceful place a little bit longer? Or, or maybe on a place in life where you're scared of the calm. Like you literally get scared when things are too calm because you're like, wait, what's about to happen? What, what's going on? And God's saying, I don't mean for you to be scared in those seasons, but the reason I take you through trial after trial is because there's souls connected to you. What you're going through is so much bigger than you. It's bigger than some little lesson for you to learn. It's bigger than you. There are people who need your testimony. There are people who need to see you get through this. There are people who need to know that there is something on the other side of this thing. They're people for whom you are the only Bible they will ever read. And I get it. You're like, well, my family don't listen to you. Who said it was your family connected to you? You do know that God will connect complete strangers to you. There's some of you now who feel closer to people who are not blood in your life than people who are blood. God will bring complete strangers literally in your life. Sis. There's a reason you can't stay up on the mountain. There's a reason you can't stay uh, in those places forever. Why? I got to go through some things. Why? Because there's someone somewhere that needs to know that they can get to the other side of it. I ask God forever, God, why did I have to lose both of my parents in such a tragic way? There's someone who needs to know that on the other side of grief, there is joy in the morning. You've been asking God, why did I have to go through the divorce? Why? Because there's someone who needs to know that on the other side of divorce, there is peace. There is financial independence. There is still overflow. You're asking God, why was it me who had to be the teenage person pregnant? And God is saying there's someone who needs to know because the sin was in the act and not in that child. And there's someone who needs to know that on the other side of this thing, there's still favor and provision for me. Sis, what is it? that you're going through that you thought was for nine. And in this message, God is reminding you and telling you this ain't about you. It's for everybody else who's going to watch you come through it. You ever beat the odds? I mean, you ever beat the odds on a thing? Like they thought you were going to die because of the diagnosis, but you still here? They thought the breakup was going to break you down and they watched you break down. They watched you embarrass yourself. They watched you get lost in alcoholism or whatever the addiction was. But now they see you and you all cleaned up. Now they see you and you smile. And now they see you and you got a different kind of joy. There's something that says about God's delivering power. And how can we go and talk about God as a deliverer if we ain't never experienced it for ourselves? Can we talk about God as a provider if he's never had to provide for you? How can we talk about God as a way maker if he has never had to make a way for you? Every now and again, sis, as you're going through, you ought to give God an unpredictable praise and say, God, I thank you for the transformation that's happening out of us. God, I thank you because I'm not giving up on you here. God, I thank you because on the other side, there's peace, there's joy, there's hope, there's overflow, and I'm pulling a whole plethora of people along this thing with me. So God, when you pull me out, you're not just pulling me out, you're pulling every single soul connected to me out. You're pulling my coworkers out, you're pulling my kids out, you're pulling my spouse out, you're pulling my church friends out, you're pulling us all out. 
That's why I gotta be faithful where I am, not because I feel like it, but because there's souls connected to me. There's souls connected to you. And I get it, you're saying, Bakaya, I don't host a, a Bible study with all these people. There's souls connected to you. Bakaya, I, 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 I don't even get on the mic at my church. There's souls connected to you. Well, Kaya, my family, they abandoned me years ago. You know, they're souls connected to you. You're saying, Kaya, if you knew the stuff I've been through and the, the shame I brought on myself and my life, they're souls connected to you. Your unique story is literally for specific souls that God has connected to you. Stop limiting God thinking he can only use you on a platform. Stop limiting God thinking he can only use you if you're going Facebook Live. Stop, stop limiting God thinking he can only use you if you have a certain status or income or this or that. God will still use you. You have not sent your way out of your blessings. You have not sent your way out of what it is that God has for you. And that's why one of the ways that, that the enemy dulls your relationship with God by making you think you've sent your way out of this thing. But there ought to be somebody tonight who says, I'm getting my peace back. I'm getting my joy back. I'm getting my hope back. But there's souls that are connected to me. Since you got to make that thing real for you in this season, God don't want you to go through a whole nother year thing. Well, I sure hope this year is better than last year. I sure hope something No, it's not going to change if you don't change. One of my mentors always said to me, he said, Kaya, when you pray, one of two things happen. You change or the situation changes. And something about him telling me that years ago made me keep praying. That's why I pray in season and I pray out of season. I pray when I feel like it. I pray when I don't feel like it. I pray when I got energy and strength. I pray when I feel exhausted and like giving up. Why? Because I know there's power in prayer. Not because I'm a preacher, but there's power in prayer because I'm the dark. Daughter of the most high king. If I ever get on a microphone again, if we ever have a Tuesday Bible study again, there's still souls connected to me. There's still souls connected to you. Stop limiting God. Think that he can only use you in certain ways. Don't allow this year to be like last year. Stop failing the same test from God because he's a teacher and he's not going to elevate you till you pass this. And so see tonight like a cheat sheet. Somebody say tonight is my cheat sheet. You were trying to figure out how, how am I going to make this year different? January was already rough. God, it's looking too much like my last season. God, how, how are things that this show cheat sheet, sis? How am I going to do it? I'm praising him through. How am I going to do it? I'm not giving up. How am I going to do it? I'm not going to go around complaining. It's woe is me. No, God, I'm going to protect this mind up here. I'm going to protect this heart up here. I'm going to embrace seasons even when they feel lonely. I'm going to stop saying everything is an attack from the enemy and instead accept that there are times where you, God, are the one who separates me. And so verse seven, it says, then a cloud appeared and covered them. A voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. You've been there where you looked around, you ain't seen nobody but Jesus. 
And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone they, what they'd seen until the son of man had risen from the dead. There goes that intimacy part again. In this space, in this text, Jesus was so transparent by exposing the transfiguration to them. He was so transparent. He was his most authentic self. He showed them something that others couldn't see and others couldn't hear about, but they couldn't just go and boast about it. Why? Well, you know, one theologian says one thing and another theologian says the next. But I want you to take a moment before I give you my answer. Head over in the chat. Why do you think Jesus told them not to say anything? And it's a safe space. So don't worry about if you're right or wrong. Just, just in your own Bible study. Come on. Priesthood of all believers. Why, why do you think that Jesus told them not to tell anybody what they'd seen until later? Why? Why do you think it is? You have an opinion. Why is it that after seeing all this stuff, why didn't Jesus say, go tell somebody? Why did Jesus say, don't tell nobody yet? Why is it? Why is it? Maybe he's saying, trust me, everything's there for a season. It was for them. Right? It wasn't time for everybody. Right? Come on now. Come on. If you tell someone, yes, Erica, if you tell someone, you could ruin it. Because they not, may not believe, right? It wasn't time. All of that. Sis. God is literally sharing these intimate things with you. He's speaking to you. And you're saying, well, God, why, why doesn't anyone understand me? Why can't I tell anybody? Like, God, I know you promised me. I know the promises over my life. Like, why, why can't I go and, and do this or that? And God's saying, if you tell someone, you're going to let them talk you out of it. Have you ever allowed somebody to talk you out of a good thing? Like, that was a good sell at Dillard's. And you let your friend tell you you were going to find something better at the next door and you didn't. You ever been in a place where if you told somebody, they would talk you in it. What God's doing in your life, sis, it's big. It is so big. If you tell somebody, they're going to be like, girl, mm -mm, whatever. You tripping. Oh, okay. What, he, God's going to do that for you? No, mm -mm. you're too old. You're too young. You need more education for that. You don't have enough education. You need more. You need less. Uh-uh, you, you got your kids. You, you don't have time to do that. Where will you find time? Where will you find money? And if you are not careful, what other people are saying, you'll start rehearsing and be like, well, God, I, I guess I don't have money for that. God, um, I guess I, I may not have time. Well, God, I guess if you were going to do it, it, it would have made more sense. Okay. Well, God, well, my cousin and them did always tell me I wasn't going to be not God. I, and all of a sudden, the same space where God just downloaded on you, you are mixing it up and getting these mixed messages of what other people are saying. Or, or here it is. There are times other people won't tell you you can't do it. They'll just offer these passive aggressive questions. <laughs> How do you expect to do that? What, what does that look like? I'll never forget um, my husband, uh, our process of moving to Arkansas, and I had someone who I love dearly. They, they, I told them, I was like, hey, look, I'm, I'm making this transition and God's leading us. We know it's God. And they said, why would you do that? Why would you go there? Why not just stay where you are? And if I had allowed that to rehearse in my mind, in my mind, 
I would have missed out on the biggest blessing that God had for me and my family right here in Arkansas. What I'm trying to say is I wanted to know what God told me enough that even when naysayers came around, even when passive aggressive questions came around, I knew what God had told me in my house. And there's somebody here, you are on the roller coaster of life because you keep going back and forth. Well, did God tell me? I don't know. I'm going to see if someone can tell me and confirm it. Since you got to know what God told you, what did he tell you? What did God tell you? He told you he would give you strength. He told you, you would, he would give you peace. He told you that by his stripes, you were healed. He told you there would be overflow. He told you he would enlarge your territory. I ain't making this up. This is what the Bible says. This is what God told you. You don't need approval for nobody else. And sis, when you know that, you will begin walking in the boldness and the authenticity of who God has called you to be. That, sis, is when you will start radiating the beauty and power of your Savior. Why? Because I don't need anybody to confirm who I am. I don't need anybody to confirm the, the calling or anointing on my life. I, I don't need other people's affirmation of who God's coming to be. I, I know what God told me, so I just walk it out. Kaya, how are you so happy? Because I know there's a promise of the joy of the Lord in my heart. I, I know what God's called me to be. Well, well Kaya, you seem so confident because I know who God's called me to be. Like, I'm not looking for affirmation from the world. And since the moment you stop looking for other people to affirm who God's called you to be, that's when the breaking will happen. That's when you'll walk with your head up. That's when you'll get the fullness of the courage and the confidence and radiance of who God's called you to be. Then and only then will you stop being passive aggressive. Will you stop being petty? Will you stop having low confidence? Only then when you stop looking for those things in other people. Sis, you gotta be who God's called you to be. I'm about to close this thing out. One of the things that was so special, so interesting, I have um, a skin condition. It's called keratosis pilaris. Basically, I just have like an overproduction of keratin on my arm. Uh, and so it just means there are parts on my arm that are just darker. They're darker than other parts. And I'll never forget, uh, my husband and I, we were in our dating years. One of the things he told me, he said, babe, you know what stood out to me about you? I was like, what? He said, despite your keratosis pilaris on your arms, he said, you stay wearing sleeveless dresses and sleeveless shirt. Like it never seemed to bother you. And I was like, that's because I won't define by it. And I get hot a lot. And so I wear what I wear. Like I, my keratosis pilaris, it doesn't define me. But I know other people who have the same condition and they'll only wear long sleeve and they're scared for anybody to see it. And that's the life they choose to live, which is up to them. But for me and myself, I choose not to be defined by a condition. And sis, it's up to you to choose not to be defined by what they said about you or by what you've been through. Instead, be defined by the radiance of your Savior. Sis, God has called you to be radiant. Somebody needs to add that to like your daily affirmation. God has called me to be radiant. He didn't call me to play it small. He didn't call me to walk around my head down. No, he's called you to be radiant. And anytime you choose to walk in insecurity or pettiness or, or, or being anyone or anything, anytime you choose to walk in an unforgiveness, all that, that ain't who God's called you to be. God's called you to be radiant, nothing less. 
So tomorrow when the people in your job get on your nerves, instead of clapping back, God's called me to be radiant. Instead of the next time you see someone snickering or looking at you weird when you walk by at church, God's called me to be radiant. Since you don't got to respond to everything they say about you. Why? Because he's called you to be radiant. He didn't call you to always respond. He called you to be radiant. Remember, you're not living for the enemy. You're living for those souls that are attached to you. Sis, God has called you to be radiant. Thank you for tuning in to this episode on the Journey Podcast with Kaya Ward Shears. Be sure to visit kayawardshears.com so that you don't miss out on programming or upcoming events. We look forward to connecting soon.